Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. and everything. 
everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. This Sunday, we begin a new sermon series titled Created, Fallen, Redeemed. Created, Fallen, Redeemed. And the idea that we want to focus on is just that, that we have been created. We have fallen, but the Lord has redeemed us. And we are going to be in Genesis chapters 1 through 3, the next five Sundays. Because we understand one thing and one thing only when we read God's Word. Because each and every time it points back to this same truth. Jesus, a creator who restores all things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are here this morning to not only sing songs, praising, worshiping, glorifying the name of Jesus Christ and who you are as a creator, but also we want to turn to your word and allow your truth to convict us. We are grateful that you have given us a recorded history of everything you have done, everything you are doing, and things that you have promised you will do in the future. We pray these things in the name of Jesus who makes this possible. Amen. In my opinion, there are two types of name tags that most of us at one point in time will wear. At any given point in time, the first name tag that you may find yourself wearing is maybe a high school reunion name tag. Some of us aren't old enough yet to have experienced that. Some of us experienced that a long time ago. But what's interesting to me is this high school reunion name tag is, is maybe, you know, something that would happen usually. It would have a photo maybe from your senior year on it. Have you been to a high school reunion and they put a photo from your senior year on the tag? And do you know why that happens? Why they would put one from your senior year? See, when, when you show up to your 50-year reunion, if that picture wasn't there, they wouldn't know who you were. The poor folks wouldn't recognize you. Speaking of high school name badges, do you know what section of the newspaper has a connection with a high school name badge? There is a section in the newspaper that actually is very similar to this actual thing. It's the notice of death section, AKA the obituary. Let's face it, sometimes the photos do not represent the individual right before they passed how the person looked maybe over even the last few decades. I've noticed a lot of times when you look in the obits, you see photos of individuals and, and you have to do a double take because you're like, wait, that's not how I knew them prior to. But there's a other type of temporary name badge that we wear, and it's more like the one that you see here on your screen. The hello, my name is and then your name is written. See, this is perfect for social situations. When you first meet somebody or you go into a gathering, sometimes you'll slap that name badge on because people won't know your name, and it's a very easy way to get the names of others. But let's face it, most of us get a name and then immediately forget it, don't we? I'm very guilty of doing that myself. Church, the very beginning of the Bible... The very beginning of Genesis begins with God introducing himself 
to us. It's the beginning of his story of creation. It's the beginning of his story as a redeemer. And oh yeah, as the story goes, his physical appearance as Jesus will never change, unlike our high school reunion name badges. Church, and when we have faith in him, and we have faith in his promises, there is no notice of death. There is no obituary, because in his resurrection, we will be forever young. Let's allow God to introduce himself to us in our sermon this morning titled, Created, Heavens and Earth. Created, Heavens and Earth. The text that we're going to be in, obviously, is Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. But what we want to be encouraged with this morning is this, or this whole entire series, as we begin this five-week series, we want to be encouraged in how God has created and redeemed His fallen creation. That is the encouragement. See, we need to be encouraged in knowing that God chose to create despite knowing that he would have to go to the cross before he even began to create. Now, that should just blow your mind and not make any sense to you because it's not logical. Our God created us knowing that he would have to go to the cross. So before we go any further. We already had the verses read to us this morning, so we want to throw the main idea out there. This is the one sentence that defines everything that we're going to be looking at in these 25 verses this morning. So the main idea for our sermon this morning is this, and this is not my own words. I need to give credit where credit is due, and I read this this week, and it was just perfect, and I thought to myself, how can you say it any better? This is from Martin Luther himself. He said this, everything that is was created by God. I think that covers everything, doesn't it? Everything that is, everything that is was created by God. Do you have any race fans in the building this morning? Now, some of you like NASCAR, some of you don't. Most people kind of that don't like NASCAR will, you know, hark on NASCAR pretty hard and say, hey, left turn, left turn, left turn. But see, this photo that you're looking at is a picture from the Brickyard 400, and it's raced each year in Indianapolis, Indiana in the month of July. So I'm from Indiana. I've been to the Brickyard, not the Brickyard 400, but I went to an Indy 500 race, and so I've been in the same place where the races happen. But you're looking at one of the recent winners of the Brickyard. See, this driver is not kissing any ordinary bricks, though. These aren't any ordinary bricks that he's kissing. No, 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 no. See, he, he's kissing the start-finish line after his victory. This is a tradition that drivers do when they win the Brickyard 400, but with all this COVID going around, I don't know about you, but I'd probably be wearing a mask before I kissed any one of those bricks. I mean, actually, who, who am I kidding? I, I don't even kiss hope without a mask on. No, no, seriously, I, I, I'm talking like seven in the morning before she brushes her teeth. And if any of you can encourage her to maybe get that done a little earlier, there would be no need for a mask. Speaking of a start-finish line, though, what would be the point of a NASCAR race without a start-finish line? 
What would be the point? See, there wouldn't be, would there? If there's nowhere to start, nowhere to finish, there'd be no point to actually race. So when each driver hears, gentlemen, start your engines. They know that they're about ready to start something that will eventually finish. Church, when God first created, he did so knowing that one day it would come to a finish. And we see evidence of this in our very first two verses this morning, verses one and two. So let's take a look at the first Three words in verse 1. Genesis 1.1, it states, in the beginning. This is precisely where God has chosen to begin history. So if something has a beginning, then it surely has an end. Just like the Brickyard 400 has a start-finish line. See, the heavens and earth have a beginning, and the heavens and earth will have an end as well. So since there's a beginning, and since there's an end, we should recognize something rather significant here out the gate. See, God chose to create the heavens and earth despite knowing the outcome, despite knowing that he would have to go to the cross in order to redeem his creation. Now, some of you may be wondering, though, and I get it because it's a fair question to be asking. You may be asking yourself, how long ago was the beginning? In the beginning, but when was the actual beginning? And, and I want to say this really quick, and it's going to contradict what science has to say, but this beginning is no more than 10,000 years ago. Now, science will tell you that the earth is about four and a half to, or maybe, yeah, four and a half billion years old, plus or minus maybe 50 million years. Wow. Way to go, science. Please tell me more about this 50 million year gap that you can't account for. Science will also tell you that luck was involved. Science will tell you that Earth's creation was actually happenstance. They will say it was a coincidence. So what is the definition of science? If we're calling out science this morning, what is the actual definition of science? I just want to read this to you straight out of the Webster's definition of what the word science is, and it's defined as such, a branch of knowledge or study dealing with a body of facts or truths systematically arranged and showing the operation of general laws. So what science really accomplishes, if we take that definition, the real true accomplishment of science is just an understanding of what God has created. Even though science claims that God never created, however, we know that God did create. So what science really accomplishes and what and when he did accomplish what he accomplished, what it says here in the beginning. See, the earth was without void. The earth was out was without form. See, this indicates that there was no inhabitants yet on the earth. Also, when God created in the beginning, as it says, we understand that what it says here, darkness was over the face of the deep. And this simply indicates to us that as of yet, there was no dry land this in the beginning. See, the earth was nothing but water. And finally, we recognize that it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. 
The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. See, this reveals two things to us when we see this in the text. The Spirit of God, as it says, notice how that Spirit isn't lowercase. You notice that? There's a reason why the editors chose to make that Spirit uppercase. And the reason being, it's because it reveals God's triune nature. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, all three participated in creation. And don't get it twisted because there are plenty of people who have been going to church for years who still don't know that Jesus created. And you did hear me correctly when I said that. Jesus is the creator too. Secondly, do you recognize what the Spirit of God is doing? That's the other thing that's rather significant. See, the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters as the owner, as the protector of his creation. That's why you hover over. Like an eagle would spread its wings to protect its chicks. In the beginning, from the first day of Earth's history, God has been, is currently, and one day will ultimately protect his creation. Church, be encouraged in this. See, Jesus created, Jesus saved, and he will return to conquer because he started something he intended to finish. Do you know what this indicates for believers such as us, us who have saving faith in Jesus? You know what that indicates for us? The, the one thing that gets me excited about having the hope of a future? That one day we'll be kissing the finish line too. Not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus has done. And this brings us to our first point this morning. And that point is this. Our history began when God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit first created. Our history began when God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit first created Time out. I want to say one thing. I did throw Hope underneath the bus just a bit. It's easy to do when she's in the nursery and she can't hear me. But she did call me out this week and said, listen. And usually when she starts a conversation like that, I better start listening. And she said, you better start putting those notes on the bullets and fill in the blank style. And I was like, woman, don't talk to me like that. Don't tell me what to do. But then she reminded me of what Miss Wendy and Miss Kathy have been telling me all along, so I realized really quickly we had to change things up. So if you notice anything this morning, you can give a thanks to Miss Kathy and Miss Wendy and lovely Miss Hope. But the subpoints are now fill in the blank, so you can thank them, not me. I just do as I'm told. Main point again this morning, very simple, comes from Martin Luther. It is this everything that is was created by God. Everything that is was created by God. So I want you to look at this image really quick, and, and somebody please tell me, what does this room need? What is it that this room needs? Furniture? What else does this room need? Pictures? What else does it need? What's that? Life? Okay, what else does it need? Everything that you guys are mentioning right now, Furniture, pictures, all these things, even life, because you're going to live in it. It needs decoration, doesn't it? It's kind of plain. You don't just move into a location without any 
ability to not want to decorate. You want to, you want to make it yours. You want to make, make it your home. And that's exactly what this room needs right now. It needs some decoration. So let's say you move into a new space. What's the first thing that you're going to do after moving in? Precisely that. You're going to decorate. I mean, unless you're a bat in a cave, you are definitely going to decorate your space. Church, we're all just following in God's footsteps. Even if you decorate your own space, you're really just following in God's footsteps. See, he first created the heavens and earth, didn't he? That, that's what we just learned in verses 1 and 2. He first created in the beginning. But then he spent six days. He spent six days decorating his creation. And we recognize as much in the first six days of creation. In verses 3 through 5, in day 1, this is directly off the bat. We understand something here that these are six literal days. If you look at these verses that are going to be on your screen here, these are six literal days, six sets of 24-hour periods. Also, we recognize something about the first three days of creation. And we also recognize something about the second three days of creation. But first, the first three days of creation, we recognize this. We recognize that the unproductive became productive. Immediately and with little to no effort, and this is what's amazing to me, the text says, and God said, let there be light. He therefore recognized immediately that the light was good and called the light day and the darkness he called night. Think about that as you witness the sun rise each morning. And as the sun rises each morning incessantly, remind yourself that it's nothing more than just that. It's a reminder of God's loving kindness and faithfulness, especially as the light always represents God's presence. Now, some of you, let's face it, some of you personally may feel as though you are not in God's presence. Or maybe you can remember back to a time where you felt like you weren't in the presence of the Lord, but then you learned otherwise. Or maybe you know somebody right now who you can encourage who may feel as though they are not in the presence of the Lord. Either you or you once did or someone you know may feel abandoned by God. We may feel as though we're not in His presence, but... However, when you feel like that, or if you know someone currently who may be going through that, just remember that he has been incessantly raising the sun above your head since your first day on earth, reminding you of his faithfulness, reminding you of his reminder through that faithfulness that he is redeeming his creation. Now we know that tomorrow it's not guaranteed that the sun's going to rise, but I would bet that we have more confidence in that than other things that we tend to put our confidence in. And we know that science doesn't raise the sun. God raises his sun. And this as we continue to witness 
the unproductive becoming productive, we need to move now on to verses 6 through 8. In verses 6 through 8, the unproductive becoming productive, and we also need to keep in mind in how God chose to decorate His creation, we observe the creation of the heavens. See, the expanse describes nothing more than the cosmos, but also it explains the atmosphere. See, this is rather significant. God is revealing something about His divine power. See, in war, He who controls the skies wins the battle, ultimately winning the war. By creating His dwelling place above the atmosphere, as it says here, He is revealing that He controls the powers of heaven and everything underneath. Now, finally, we observe the unproductive becoming productive in verses 9 through 11 as we move to these verses. We realize here on the third day, we recognize that God established a life source. And subsequently, the boundaries of land masses. See, earth cannot, cannot sprout or support vegetation unless... As it says here, waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. Again, this exerts God's authority. Along with his loving kindness and faithfulness to provide our needs. Oh yeah, speaking of decorating a room, and speaking of God decorating his creation, have you ever come across vegetation that's easy on the eye, especially with where we live here in South Florida? How often do you see, say, a flower or some potted plants and just think, wow, that's easy on the eye. Look at the colors. Look at the creation. When you do, remind yourself of where it came from. As it says here, he allowed it to sprout vegetation. So we continue to move in this narrative of God creating in verses 14 through 16, and we thus arrive on the fourth day. And we'll observe something about the second three days of creation. Now, that was the first three days that we just went through, but now on the second three days, we understand that the un un uninhabited becomes inhabited. And still observe at the same time, how God chose to decorate his creation. Because that's what he's doing here. That's what he's reminding us of and showing us. He's giving us a history of how he chose to decorate what he created. Now, the lights, as it says here in the expanse of the heavens, are the sun, moon, and stars. We need to observe this very, very carefully, though. See, these were not created for the purpose of giving light. As much as they were for the purpose of creating markers. And what I mean by markers is this. They were markers for signs, seasons, days, and years. So whether your indicators are for weather or the testimony of God or used for navigation, because let's face it, we use stars for, for navigation, and, and maybe even these markers can be used for divine judgment. They all have a purpose of reminding us to worship the Creator rather than the creation. And a great example of that to me was yesterday we 
were out on the water with thousands of boats. There was a parade supporting a particular candidate running for office. Not saying that we were there necessarily to support him. We were just so happened to be out and we got caught up in this parade. But there's a lot of people worshiping the sun. We worship the creator, not the creation. In verses 20 through 22, and as we continue to observe the uninhabited becoming inhabited, we recognize God speaking living creatures into creation. So when God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, this not only referred to large fish, we, we understand what large fish are like, but it also is a reference to dinosaurs as well. See, there's biblical evidence of this in the book of Job. It, they are called the Leviathan. God also allowed for the birds, as it says, to fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And then something happens. For the very first time in all of the Bible, we see God do this. What does it say? And God blessed them. The first recorded blessing. He blessed them, and then he commanded them, be fruitful, as it says here, and multiply. Do you recognize what's happening here? See, God's word alone, God's word alone gives, as Miss Norma reminded us in this room, what it needs for decoration. God's word alone gives life which is verified when he speaks, when he says, be fruitful and multiply. See, our final, final observation of the uninhabited becoming inhabited comes from our last two verses this morning. And we're going to be limited to just the half day of verse 6. We're going to save the second half of the second half of day six for next Sunday. However, what we see in verse 24 is the creation of land animals. And this included domesticated cattle. And again, again, it included dinosaurs, which we recognize from where it says, in beasts of the earth. Those are dinosaurs, which again, God is very consistent, right? Just like he raises the sun every day and sets the sun each evening, his consistency is backed up in the Bible, in the book of Job. Again, the reference from and beasts of the earth is actually a reference from the book of Job of behemoth. Speaking of science from earlier, though, do you know what I find ironic with this? Another contradiction to science? See, Genesis was written in 4004 B.C., But you know what the problem with science is? Science claims that the first dinosaur was discovered by a person, a professor of geology, in 1677 A.D. So as Mike comes up and we close out this morning, briefly, I'd like to go back to when God said this this morning. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. See, we, we should recognize something significant here. We should recognize which came first. 
So if we remember back to verse 11, and I just want to share this one small portion from verse 11, we'll remember that God said, let vegetation sprout. You remember that portion? So first, God provided the provision. First, he provided the provision. Then he he created the living creature that would consume said provision. Church, first, God created the needs. Then the creatures that will rely upon those needs, that provision, what they needed to survive. He made sure that he provided that first. He had that taken care of prior to creating the living creatures. First, God spoke his truth into existence. Then he created the ears to hear. There's yet one more verse we need to look back upon from this morning. That was verse 2. I'm just going to read it to you. It said, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Church, the Spirit of God, again, includes Jesus. So not only did He create, knowing that He'd have to one day go to the cross, but He created your provision before He even created you. Jesus, we need to ask this question of you. Are we all on the same page this morning? Please tell me that we are. Are we on the same page that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, had already provided the provision of the cross before He created? He knew about the cross before He created the heavens and the earth. before you ever committed your first sin. He provided your finish line before you even started the race from the start line. He decorated His creation in order for us to glorify Him. That's why we see the sun rise and are reminded of His glory. That's why we look at the vegetation that He caused to sprout and the beautiful colors that they may be. Or even if it provides us with food, we glorify Him through that. He said to His creation, in the beginning, He said to His creation, He has said to us in Genesis 1-1, Hello, Hello, my name is God. And this brings us to our second and final point this morning. And that point is this. God's creation should remind us of His glory and provision. God's creation should remind us of His glory and provision. Again, our first point this morning Our history began when God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit first created. And let us not forget our main idea. Simply put, everything that is was created by God. Let's pray. Lord, 
Allow us to be a church that takes this message to those who you have prepared for us. Give us guidance to yield to your spirit so we can deliver this. We can share this truth, this truth that contradicts what the world tries to tell us. Thank you for your recorded history. Thank you for your introduction to us about who you are. You are the author of creation. You have saved us through the person of Jesus who executed the order from God. We have been informed of this truth. We know this truth because of the Holy Spirit living within us. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus who has made this possible. Please stand and join us as we sing. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.